Hey, welcome to ACF Church, and we're so glad that you're with us watching this message online. And our hope is that it would encourage you to be more like Jesus and walk closely with Him as an apprentice of Christ. And our hope is to give away all of these resources for free as much as possible. It takes a lot of time and energy and people to make that happen. And if you'd like to support the mission of God financially for ACF Church, you can go to acfak.org and you can give there. Now enjoy the Word of God proclaimed. ACF, we're so glad that you're here with us today. Whenever you're watching this, uh, it's a crazy season. And if I said one thing last week that seemed to resonate with people, it was just this. You need to calm down. Just relax a little bit. I know it's kind of crazy right now, and, and maybe you're watching this weeks or, or months later, but right now, leading up to the political season in just a week, uh, maybe half of you are going to be crying in your cornflakes, right? And the other half of you are going to be screaming for joy. And, and we just, and I don't even know which half is which, right? This is just a crazy season of disruption and disunity and political polarization. And so we just have set out to, to spend the last three weeks talking about how the church should live in a time of turmoil. How can we separate the church from hate? So that's what we're going to do right now. And I want to take a couple uh, seconds just to talk about some housekeeping things. First, we just had a moment of giving. And I just want to thank you for, for doing that. I want to thank you for pulling out your phone and, and participating in that moment. We have just been uh, extremely blessed as a church through COVID-19 to continue doing ministry. We haven't had to lay off any staff. We've kept our entire team intact. And we're actually really set up well to launch into our in-person gathering starting in January. January 3rd. And so uh, we're really excited about it. And that's thanks to you. I mean, we're continuing to amplify the grace of Jesus to the church, to the unchurched, and the de to show compassion to our community. And so we're going to share more and more stories about how your giving and, and generosity is actually showing the love of Jesus to our city and to the world right now. And so thank you for continuing to do that. And, and just so you know, keep an eye on this. Christmas Eve is coming. There's going to be four different opportunities for you to gather with us. And you can get on social media right now and find whatever time works for you, and just jump into uh, that group, and, and you'll get more information as we get closer to that moment as well. And then, uh, again, I don't know when you're watching this, but uh, if you're watching this on Sunday, tomorrow, Monday, on uh, November 2nd, we're having a night of prayer and worship, 7 p.m., in this building. And so if you've been waiting, if you're that person that's like, I can't wait to get back in the building, you know, like get me back into live worship. And I just love that moment of live worship. This is your moment. This is your time. Clear your schedule tomorrow, Monday, 7 p.m., worship and prayer. Let's pray for the election. I think we can all agree that, that now's the time to pray. If there was ever a time in, in our lives, in human history, maybe to, to be people of prayer, I think it would be right now. So this has been a great series. Some, some really good points, I think, so far. The first week, Pastor Josh said this. He said, we need to be able to disagree politically, love unconditionally, and live in unity. And I hope that you've wrestled with that reality so far. So far. Last week, uh, we learned that we don't just make a truce with people. 
We make peace with people through Jesus. And because that's what he did for us, right? We don't want just to make a, a truce with people and, and put off our, our anger and, and our frustration just t- till later, right? We want to actually make peace with people through the blood of Jesus. Why? Because that's what God did for us. That, that, that's what he did for us. He didn't simply overlook our sin or act like it wasn't there. He dealt with our sin. He drank our sin in, in, in himself, and then he made peace with humanity. He tore down the walls of hostility between us and God, and now we are one with our creator. Can I get an amen, right? It's, it's a really, really good piece of news. And so um, today, I want to talk about this box for a moment. Um, I've lived in Alaska for a little while, and many of you know that I grew up as a military kid, traveling around, moving a lot, uh, dealing with a lot of boxes over the course of my lifetime. I know since I've been in Alaska, I've participated in probably, um, I don't know, dozens, at least dozens of moving parties. You really know who your friends are when you throw a moving party, right? When, when, when you call them and you show up on the caller ID and they actually answer the phone and they know that you're moving, that's a real friend, right? Because it's not something we love doing. If you own a pickup truck, you're part of the moving party, right? People are just going to call you. It's, I almost sold my truck at one point because I was so sick of moving people, but boxes after boxes. In fact, one friend of mine, I think he moved, I moved him five different times within the same city. It was just, it's crazy. Uh, but one of the things I noticed, you learn a lot about people when you move them, don't you? Uh, sometimes even embarrassing some of the things that you have uh, when people help you move, right? People make comments about the things that you hold onto. But if you're in the military, one thing you know is that you move a lot of boxes over the course of a lifetime, right? And one thing I know about military people is sometimes you'll have a box and, and what they do is when you move, they put these little colored stickers on the boxes. It keeps them in order and, and, and you make sure that you have all of your boxes. But one time I helped a friend move and it had maybe like 15 different colored stickers on it. And I said, hey man, what's up with this box? And he goes, I don't know. And I'm like, well, what's inside? And he goes, I don't know. It's just full of stuff. And I'm like, well, have you ever opened it? And he's like, maybe 10, 15 years ago, I, I opened it. And, and all the different color stickers showed that he just moved the box from place to place. He'd never opened the box. It was just full of all kinds of stuff. He's just carrying this extra burden around from place to place. He had no idea what was inside. What I want to start with is just saying, hey, you carry a box with you today. One of the things we do as a church is we, we open up our boxes, right? We, we deal with the stuff that's inside of our lives. And when you go through something, what, what you do is you just, you put it in that box, right? You went through maybe a, a painful divorce at one point in your life. And, and man, you didn't know how to deal with it, so you just, you just put it in the box. Maybe you went through a difficult uh, breakup with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and you're still dealing with those emotions. You just, just put that in the box. Maybe you had a dad that was distant as a child who, who maybe never said he was proud of you or, or showed that he was impressed by what you did and, and just never felt loved by a parent. And, and you just, you still carry that around. You just you put that in the box. Maybe you grew up with nothing and you didn't know where the next meal was going to come from. And you knew mom and dad were working hard, but uh, you had fear every day. You weren't sure if you'd, you'd have dinner on the table. You weren't sure of how you'd kind of provide for yourself. Or, uh, you know, you went to school and you try to make your clothes look nice and, 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 and make sure that your friends didn't know that, that you didn't have new clothes. You didn't have nice stuff. And you just tried to fit in. And, and you still carry some emotional baggage and damage from that moment. You just, you put that in the box. I want to start with this as we talk today about separation of church and hate. How can we love people in this time of polarization? Here's the reality, that everyone you can't bear 
is carrying a box. Everybody in your life that uh, you can't stand right now, those people that you're like, man, how, how could I ever be around that person who thinks the way that they think? No, they, they have a box full of issues, full of problems, just like you do. So, so we have this world full of people carrying around these boxes, and then somehow, as God's people, as the church, we're supposed to love others. Somehow we're supposed to serve others. Somehow we're supposed to show grace in a time of political division, and hatred. And so here's my question in this moment right now, and I want you to wrestle with this right now, is how can we learn to bear with the people we can't even bear? What does it look like? We've talked about uh, from an understanding of the scriptures, how to, how to love others, and, and you know, it's kind of been a bunch of ideas up to this point, but what does it actually look like lived out day to day to bear with one another? Maybe you've said this before, bear with me. Like, bear with me, folks. I'm going to try to do something. Bear with me, people. I'm going to try to say something. What do we mean when we say that? We simply mean, I need you to put yourself in my shoes and try to understand what I'm trying to do or trying to say. Bear with me. Bear with me. To bear with someone means a few different things. It means discomfort. It's not easy to bear with someone. It's going to be a little hard. It means awkwardness. If you're anything like me, when I enter into an awkward moment, I just want to exit. I want to get out of there. And so it means awkward moments. It means effort. You don't bear with people unless you really want to. The second things get awkward or uncomfortable, for most people, we're out, right? I mean, we're, we're consumers. We want what's best for us. If the product or the moment isn't what we want it to be, it's not wrapped up in, in what, we, what we want it to be, then we, we just get out of there, right? Discomfort, awkwardness, effort. It's going to take patience to bear with someone. Have you ever had to bear with someone and, and it took up a lot of time and, and it means that you've got to slow your heart rate down for a few moments. You've got to get outside of yourself. One thing that we all suffer from, I don't know if you know this, is something called self-obsession. We, we wouldn't say it this way, but we all kind of think that the world revolves around us, right? Maybe not you, me. I just, I think the world revolves around me, and so it's going to take some, some patience to bear with people, but ultimately the thing that it takes to bear with someone is this, love. You can't really bear with people that you don't love, and one thing I feel a little tapped out on lately is love. I mean, I don't, I, I'm just, I'm amped up lately, and, and I'm frustrated with things, and I find myself with a really short fuse for, for the people that I love, And so because of that, I'm not showing that love really well right now. And I know there's a lot of excuses for this, um, for not wanting to bear with people. We say things like this, if they weren't so blank, we would talk more. Like I would spend time with them and understand them a little bit better if they weren't so outspoken about racial equality, if they weren't so opinionated about Donald Trump. If they weren't so pro-Biden, we would talk a little bit more. If they weren't so much of a conspiracy theorist, right, we would talk a little bit more. And so we all have these excuses for being disengaged from other people. And so I want to talk about two important things this last week of this series that it's going to take to bear with one another. And the first is to be truly listening to people. And the second is to show what it looks like to actually truly love people. Why? Why? Like, why do we want to talk about this? Well, because we need to do better 
And because we're all adults here and, and we all are in the spirit because I know that you're watching this because you want to love Jesus better and you want to love God better and understand your faith better. And so we want to do better than we've done. We want to show an example to the world of what Christ first did for us. So we're going to have to look within ourselves for a moment. And that's not easy to do. Self-examination is one of the most painful things any of us can do. There's a few quotes I want to share with you that I think explain. This this is such a high value. I mean, over the generations, poets and artists and biblical authors have all said, hey, it's really important to know ourselves. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. King David. I love this quote. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Ice cube. There you go. So we all know that we need to understand ourselves, and even Ice Cube knows that it's going to lead to wreckage if we don't know who we are. We've seen this before. When, we, when we are, we're not uh, self-aware, it leads to wreckage in our lives. And so this means understanding. It means listening to others, right? Uh, years ago, we did something called a 360 review in the office. Maybe you've done a 360 review before. And if you don't know what it is, uh, what happens is everybody in the office writes little comments about you and how you've done your job. And then you get this report back from all of your peers about how you've done in your job. And then you spend the next days, weeks, and months trying to figure out who said what so that you can hold some kind of animosity towards that person for saying those things about you. It's really unifying. It's a great thing. To do. Now, I'm sure some people, uh, it's been a great process, but it's hard because it takes humility to hear the truth. And whether you know it or not, there's things that people that know you well want to tell you. There's things about you that, that you don't fully understand. And I've learned this as a leader. Everybody has this vantage point on my life that I don't have. And it takes some humility and some grace to ask questions. And say, hey, you're going to have to help me out with this because I don't see myself for who I really am. This is really difficult. Why is it so difficult? Why is it so hard to do self-assessment, to truly listen to other people? Rich Velota says this. He says, many avoid the path of self-knowledge because they are afraid of being swallowed up in their own abysses. There's this fear that like, man, what if what I see is, it's worse than I thought? What if who I am and what I actually think about myself isn't what's actually true? And so we just avoid understanding ourselves. It's, you know, the noise underneath the hood of the car. You just crank the radio so that you don't have to listen to it until you end up on the side of the road broke down, right? This is just how we live life sometimes. It's hard to listen. It's hard to understand ourselves. John 8 says this, says the truth will set you free. We know that. And yet many of us avoid the truth at all costs. And so I'm going to break some news to you this morning, and it's going to maybe offend you a little bit. Um, I don't intend to offend you, but I'm okay with that um, because maybe the Spirit's going to speak to you on this. But I want to break some news to you. This is for me as well today. Here is the truth. The truth is that you probably don't believe everything you say you believe and some of what you say you believe is wrong. (laughs) Right, so, you know, I feel like I need a piece of plexiglass up here. If this was a live recording, right, it could get pretty rough. But you probably don't believe everything you say you believe, and some of what you say you believe is actually wrong. And if we start with this reality, 
no matter who you are, no matter how young or old you are, then we can take a step forward. If you can't start with this reality, you can't go anywhere. I mean, you have already figured it out. You figured life out. You figured God out. You figured the world out. What you believe is true. It's, it's the only truth. And so uh, there's really no conversation to be had. But if we can admit that some of what we believe is, is probably wrong and some of what we say we believe, we don't actually even believe, then, then we can come together. We can grow together. We can listen to one another and learn from one another. And then what's going to happen when we truly listen to one another is we'll be able to help one another. We'll, we'll know what to do, how to care for one another, how to love one another, and how to bear with those that we can't even bear. So what do you believe? Well, here's the different definition of belief. Simple one. Belief is action. Belief is action. That's what it means to believe something, right? So the question is, in all of the things that you're voting for, in the many opinions that you may have about this political season, what kind of actions have you taken lately? What have you done to move those things forward toward the goal that you have in your life or toward, toward what you see as, as your vision for the world, for us as Christians? How, how have we moved the world closer to God's kingdom? What have you actually done? That's a hard question, right? It's a difficult question. Now, if you're in an outpost, I want you to get your hand ready. Just show of hands real quick. Let's be super honest in this moment. Who during the election season this year has said or thought these words? I just don't understand how anyone could think that's right. So just hands up. Anybody? People at the sound booth, they're raising their hand. Are you raising your hand? It's okay. It's not awkward. Just, I know I've thought that. I've, I've thought, man, how could anybody think like that, right? I just don't understand how anybody could think that way. Well, here's the deal. If you've said that, if you've thought that, here is what you've admitted, that there's something that you don't understand. There's something about them, something about where they've come from, something about what's in their box that you're simply unaware of. And you might think, like, there could be no good reason to think what they think. No good reason to believe what they believe. But I'll tell you, if, if you got to know them, they've got a good reason. Now, you might say it's wrong. And it, it may still be wrong, but I just want you to know that people believe what they believe because they have reasons to believe it. Things that you don't fully understand. And so to understand people, to listen to people, to really know yourself, you're going to have to move from, from the far right or the, the far left into the messy middle. The messy middle is where great conversations happen. The messy middle uh, happen. The great messy middle is where we start to grow from one another and learn with one another. The messy middle is where we let go of what we thought for just a few moments so that maybe we can take hold of something better. Now, I can just hear the arguments. I can hear it welling up inside of people. But Brian, I have convictions. But Brian, they aren't ready to listen. And I love this one from the church. But Brian, the Bible clearly says, I just want to tell you, a lot of horrible, terrible things have happened in the course of history by people who spoke those words. The Bible clearly says. 
And if that's you, if you're like, man, people can't even get a word in edgewise with you in terms of the different beliefs that you have or the political um, ideologies you might have because you just say, well, the Bible clearly says you've taken the word of God and you've actually made it into this dead instruction manual that you've read and finished and figured out instead of the living, active, breathing word of God. You've taken away the power and you've not acknowledged that There's a journey that you're on and a journey that I'm on. I don't agree with everything that I thought six months ago. I don't agree with everything I thought six minutes ago. I mean, I'm on a journey as much as you are. There are some sermons that are online that I just, I want to delete them, right? This is the hardest thing about being somebody that's speaking, you know, online is as you say things and you feel like, well, what if I don't agree with that anymore? But that's the journey that we're on. Some of you need to understand that it's okay to say, I was wrong. What I believed wasn't true and I actually don't think that I was honoring God the best way or honoring you or even honoring our nation with the way that I thought or even voted. And so what if we just assumed a different way of seeing these things, moved into the, the messy middle and began to understand one another in order to truly listen because that's what you want to do, that's what I want to do. I want to listen. If you're after the truth, let me tell you this. If you're after the truth, you will listen to people. If you're not after the truth, you can't listen because there's a chance somebody might say something that's, that's more true than what you believe or, or might kind of bring up the reality that what you think is wrong. And so you literally have to stick your fingers in your ears and shut down any outside input. But if you want the truth, you'll start to listen. And to truly listen, you're going to have to do three important things. Here they are. You're going to have to leave your world enter into someone else's and then be changed by it. Leave your world. Enter into someone else's world and be changed by it. Have you ever gotten in somebody else's shoes? You ever been in a moment where you you just kind of understood a little bit better? You got into their world and you thought, man, I had no idea what this person goes through on a day-to-day basis. A few weeks ago, uh, Pastor Josh, who's our executive pastor, left town. I took his job for a few minutes, and I was like, you can have it back, bro. (laughs) He has a lot of meetings. He's a very busy guy. And so for me, I was like, wow, you do a lot. And and, and I, I knew you were busy, but I didn't know you were this busy. And so for me, leaving my world for a moment, stepping into somebody else's, gave me clarity, and it actually changed me in a certain way. It grew me and and developed me as a person. Uh, The biblical term for this is incarnation. To leave your world, to step into somebody else's and to be changed by it, that's what Jesus did for you. He left his world. He didn't have to. And he stepped into our world, your world, your life. And he was changed by it. I mean, as we read the scriptures, Jesus is scarred to this day by your sin and by mine. And it's a remembrance, it's a, it's a picture of his love for you. And that's what happens when you love somebody. You're willing to leave your world and to step into theirs and to be changed by their life. So the next question is this. Once you're ready to do that, if you're ready to take a step forward, maybe you need to pause the message or go take a walk or something. But if you're ready to listen, then now what do we do about this? Once we're ready to listen, what does it mean to love right now? Well, I'm going to finish off in Galatians chapter 6. If you have a Bible, open it up to that text. Um, This is a really well-known text, I think, but it's something that right now we need to to get right into our souls in a deep and profound way. 
The author of Galatians, uh, this man named Paul, I talked about him a little bit last week. Paul um, was a rule follower. I mean, he was a religious zealot. I mean, that's how he described himself. Like, hey, you think you're religious? I mean, I am more religious than you. You think you follow the law? I follow the law way better than you do. That was Paul. He was a rule follower. Do you know anybody like that that's a rule follower? Like, Paul's the guy that, you know, when they're doing the pre-flight briefing in the airplane, like, everybody else is checking their iPhones. Like, Paul would be sitting there listening. You know that one person that you're like, why are they listening? Have they never flown before? That would be Paul. He follows the rules, but as a religious man, he, he knew the law inside and out. And that was, that was what he did, is enforce the law. And yet, Paul encountered Jesus. And when Paul encountered Jesus, what he learned was, was this greater law. I mean, Jesus said, hey, there's this, there's this commandment, there's this law that's actually greater than all of the other laws. It's the law of love. Sometimes it's called the law of Christ. So Paul understood that there's this greater law to be fighting for. And just like in the church of Galatia, today there are people that are caught up in the law, caught up in religious duties. And, you know, they'd say again, like, man, I understand the Bible. I know some scriptures. I go to church every Sunday, right? I do the religious things. And then there are people in the church today who are obsessed with the law of love. They're obsessed with loving their neighbors. They're obsessed with right now being a shining light amidst a lot of darkness in our country. Galatians 6, 2. This is a command, okay? Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ or the law of love. So consider that for a minute. He says, bear one another's burdens. If you bear one another's burdens, what's going to happen? What are you going to be doing? Fulfilling the law, Right? This is a completely different way of seeing this. Some of you, when you think of Christianity and maybe you're not a believer in Jesus, you think, man, I don't need any more rules in my life. Well, that was Paul. Jesus said, hey, I'm going to simplify all of the law down to one simple thing, just love. Love God and love each other. And so Paul says this, hey, when you bear one another's burdens, not when you just have emotional affection or, you know, uh, loving feelings towards somebody. Oh, I just, I love them, right? Like not, not just emotional love, but when you bear one another's burdens, that's, a, that's an action, right? Belief is action. When you, when you show your love physically in that way, you fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So these are people who are not self-aware, a lot of people, a lot of Christians out there who are like, man, I'm, I'm pretty awesome. I stand on the right side of human history right now. I vote for Jesus, right? I vote the Bible. My vote is always right. So it may or, it may, or may not be true, but there are people who think that they are something when they're actually nothing and they deceive themselves. But let each one test his own work. Test. So apparently we should test our work. We should get real about ourselves and ask the question, do I really love? Because it sounds like that's the most important thing. So test your own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. So bear one another's burdens. To bear just means to carry something, carry someone else's burdens. And so question, how are you doing with this? Are you bearing other people's burdens right now? Are you carrying something for someone? And, and if your first response is, yeah, I'm doing a pretty good job with that, then here's the question. Who and when? Who was it? 
I mean, because the best way to, if we're going to be real about this and say, no, I, I do a good job of bearing one another's burdens. How many times have you been part of moving parties lately, right? <laughs> and that's a simple way, but a small way that we can bear somebody's burdens. But have you done something physically with your life, taken action so that you could show love to people lately? Who have you bore a burden for? Who have you carried lately, right? So what is a burden then? So we're to carry someone else's burden. What is a burden? Well, our burden is like what's in this box. Again, we have this world full of people like us. If we, and I just want you to know, I have a box and you have a box and it's full of stuff. If your burden is what's in the box, then the question is, how have you carried someone else's burdens? Now, we didn't know 2020 was going to be the kind of year it was, right? If I would have known that 2020 was going to be the kind of year that it's been so far, I would have prepared myself for that because I would have known that, man, it's going to be a, a difficult year, right? I mean, if you ever go on a, a hard hike or hard camping trip, you, you pack for the trip. You know what's coming. And so for me in my life, I would have prepared myself for 2020 better. Instead, I walked into 2020 with all kinds of unhealthy things in my life, bad habits and Parts of my life that, that don't look like Jesus and don't look like God's kingdom and things that I just kind of wandered into 2020 with and all of a sudden, everything blew up, right? The year of the dumpster fire. And now all of a sudden, amidst all of that, there's this important moment that we find ourselves in right now where we as the church are being called to do this. We've always been called to do this, but right now, I just want you to know, probably more important than ever in times of turmoil that we carry one another's burdens. We're called to do this. Well, here's the problem. I can't carry my own burdens, right? I mean, this is the reality as the church, as people. It's like we find ourselves carrying all of our own burdens and then all of a sudden we read something like this and we say the, the only way, the way to fulfill the law of Christ is to carry someone else's burdens. This is difficult. But I just want you to know right here, right in the mess, right in this moment that you realize that you've got burdens and they've got burdens, right there is where all of the good work happens. Right there is where God grows us and changes us, right? You see, it's supposed to be a team game. I mean, you weren't supposed to carry your burdens alone. In fact, uh, many heavy boxes end up with this sign. Can we put that up? Caution, two-person lift required. You'll see this. So there's two little stick men, right? One of them is you. And on the other side is somebody who voted and is going to vote for the other guy, okay? Now, I don't know where, where one guy's box is. There's only one box there. But apparently they're both supposed to carry this box together. Two-person lift required, right? Maybe your box, it may be their box, but there is a team game that's supposed to happen in all of this. Now, when I see a sign like that, some of you see a warning. You know what I see? A challenge, right? Why would I ask for somebody else's help? If you, maybe you're the kind of person that, you know, you get home from the grocery store and you have 12 bags, you know, and, and your wife is like, hey, honey, you're going to need to couple, take a couple trips, which is code for, I'm going to do this in one trip, baby. Like, watch me now. I can do this. I can get it all up and I can, I can drop half the stuff down the stairs as I'm walking inside, but at least I tried, right? I can do it on my own. We are independent people. We don't want help. And honestly, sometimes we don't even respect others when they need our help. Two-person lift required. This is 
The call of God's people is to work together to bear each other's burdens. What kind of burdens are people carrying? Physical burdens, emotional burdens, spiritual burdens. Everybody has them. Now, in the church in Galatia, they were carrying burdens. There were all these, these Jewish converts who, like Paul, knew what it, what it meant to follow the law. They knew what it meant to be religious people. And this is literally what it is to be religious. It's just to kind of carry these burdens around. It's just to, just to pack more into the box. Look at all the good, righteous, religious things that I do in my life. And we do so to try to cover up all of the unhealthy stuff that's in the box. And guess what? It's even heavier. It's not how we're meant to live at all. You see, in this box is sin. And we know the Bible says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You have sin in this box. Sin is too heavy for you to bear. Even in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 10 It says, for it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. In other words, all the sacrifices, all of the religious activity, none of it could actually deal with your sin. It couldn't reconcile the messes in your life. So you've got this unbearable burden. Everything's in the box. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to invite Taylor to come up real quick. All of a sudden comes the voting season, the political season. Fragile, I think that's a good word to describe a lot of us right now. Thanks, Taylor. So all of a sudden, you know, we both got these boxes and we read a scripture like this that says, hey, love one another by by carrying each other's burdens. And so I want you to imagine I've got this box and it's just unbearable. And then I'm confronted with Taylor and she's got this box and it's full of all kinds of stuff. I don't know how heavy her box is. I tend to think mine's heavier. But once again, I'm voting for who I think is the right person and, and Taylor voted and is going to vote for the other guy. And the scripture says that we're to carry each other's burdens. As you see this picture, the reality is that's just not going to happen. There's no way for it to happen. The only way for it to happen is for me to put down my box. The only way for it to happen, come on over, is for us to work together. And this is a picture, honestly, of God's people right now, carrying each other's burdens. And you might think, once again, I don't like who they voted for. I don't like it. But what's going to happen right now is I'm going to learn how to love my sister in Christ because I, I know what she's carrying, right? I didn't realize, this is pretty heavy, right? I didn't realize what was in her, how heavy this burden was until I helped her carry the burden. Thanks, Taylor. That's good. You're never going to understand people well. You're never going to understand what it means to love until you help bear each other's burdens. This is the call of God to the church today. So once again, how are you doing with this? Are you bearing one another's burdens? Are you helping each other out? Don't miss this. The only way to do this, the only way to be able to do that is to put your box down. Jesus says this. He says, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy and my burden is what? Light. In other words, hey, put your box down. I'll carry it. Jesus says, I'll carry the weight and the burden of your sin. He says, again, bear one another, another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. See, the law of Christ isn't about carrying our own burdens. It's about getting to carry someone else's. And the only way you're going to do that is if you put down your box. See, some of you, you're believers, but you're carrying this box. And I just want you to hear this. The reason that you are not doing a good job of bearing anyone's Burdens. The reason that you're not willing to put up with other people of different political opinions and leanings right now, the reason that you just can't stand being around them 
is because Jesus isn't carrying your box. You still wake up every day covered in the shame of what happened 10 days ago or 10 years ago. You still wake up every day, if you're just honest with yourself right now, wondering how to get yourself into God's good graces. Your box is still full and you're still carrying it. And the invitation of the gospel is this, you don't have to carry it anymore. You don't have to do that anymore. Jesus wants to carry your box. You see, bearing someone else's burdens will teach us how to love them. Verse 3 says, For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. We need to be honest that, you know, maybe we're not doing a good job with this. And there are some difficult people in our life. I call them EGR people, extra grace required people. And the only way to, to show the love of Jesus to those people is to help them carry their boxes right now and to put down the burden that you have been carrying. And to be honest, that maybe you've fallen into religious behaviors and religious beliefs instead of following the law of love. So what does this look like right now? I want to be honest. If belief equals action, if it really means that we, we put action onto the things that we say we believe, how well are we doing with that? You know, a lot of people right now, what they say is, I believe the church is essential. Well, me too. But once again, if you look at statistics, st- statistics show that, that people actually attend church maybe once a month, most people. And so I wonder, th- th- with the way that you're fighting for the church, which I do think the church is essential, with the way that you're fighting for it, does it actually align with how much you value the church, how well you serve the church, how involved with, engaged with, and supportive you are of the church? Because the tendency for religious people is this, to be really opinionated about these things and yet to, to have very little action connected to what we say we actually believe. Galatians 6.12 says this, those who want to make a good impression outwardly are trying to compel you to be circumcised. Circumcision was this symbol of God's chosen people. They only do this, it says, to avoid persecution for the cross of Christ. In other words, hey, if you just follow the rules, nobody gets hurt for following Jesus. If you just follow the rules, we're not going to have to deal with the messy middle of actually getting in the grime and the dirt with people. See, often here's what we do. We settle for laws so we don't have to change our lives. Can we be real about this? Sometimes we vote for things and put things on the internet and post things that we're, we're so passionate about. But if you were to take an audit of our lives... We're not carrying anybody else's boxes. We're too busy carrying our own. I mean, just think about it. What are the different things that people are opinionated about right now? The pro-life thing is a big deal in the church. People vote pro-life without living pro-life. Here's what I mean by that. We're opinionated about this. We say, hey, life begins in the womb at conception, right? I would agree with that. But I wonder, are you living pro-life? Because one of the most important things the churches can do right now, that we want to do right now, is be a safe space for young mothers, right? We want to be a place that if somebody in our church tomorrow who's a teenager says, hey, I'm pregnant, that they go, you know know where I need to go? I need to go to the church. This is not the narrative that's out there, friends. There was a friend of mine years ago that um, was part of our ACF community, and before she moved, she shared her story. I didn't even know this, but she said, you guys, you don't even realize this, but I was actually, uh, I was pregnant and um, I didn't know what to do. And so she was literally on the road driving 
out of Eagle River to the abortion clinic. And as she drove by our church building, she said she just felt like she had to throw up. So she pulled into our parking lot. She said she kind of got herself together and she looked up at the sign and she goes, maybe I need to go to church. So she walked in this building. She told me, she said, you know what? I found a safe place. I found people who loved me. And she said that she said, my daughter exists because ACF Church exists. And it wrecked me. Because I thought, man, this is the story of, of a life changed and a life that exists because we chose, and we don't always do it perfect, but we chose in that moment to love this young mom in a time of need. There are many things, many times that we vote in a way that doesn't actually align with the way that we live. And again, can you vote in a certain way and not be highly involved with it? I think you can. But I want you to think, what's one way that I can get involved? What's one thing I need to do? People vote to protect our borders without a plan to go to the nations. We are called by God's church, as God's church, to go to the nations. People vote to preserve religious freedom, but don't freely speak about their faith. Again, how do you align what you say you believe, what you vote for, with your actions and get engaged and get involved? So that's my call to you today. Church, put down your burdens. Jesus wants to carry the weight and bear someone else's. Lift the load with someone else. Find somebody that votes different than you, that thinks different than you, and be part of carrying their burden this season. What does that look like? Paul teases this out in his letter. It looks like these things. Forgive one another. Encourage one another. Accept one another. Care for one another. And ultimately, carry one another. And that one another, they may be a Democrat. They may be a Republican. They may be a a, a Trump fan, a Biden fan. I don't know what they're voting for this season. But they are your one another. And when you do that, you will surely fulfill the law of Christ. And so here's my invitation to you today. Put down your box. Let Jesus carry your burdens. You were never meant to carry your own sin. Jesus came to carry it for you. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much that you love us and that um, you do bear our burdens. And and Father, we as a church and as, as even the church global stand together and say, Father, forgive us for carrying the weight ourselves. Forgive us for calling ourselves Christians and yet waking up every day and carrying these boxes ourselves. God, we want to lay these at your feet and trust, God, that, that, that you've got this, that you, you, you were, were fully sufficient in your death upon the cross. And so, God, I pray for our friends and neighbors today that are carrying weights. God, we don't know what they bear, but we know that the burdens that they carry, the, the boxes that they carry are actually informing the way that they vote They're informing the way that they feel about us. And so, Father, I pray that we would go over and find a way to carry somebody else's box this week, to forgive and care for and carry somebody who thinks different than we do and sees things different than we do. Father, convict us where we need conviction right now. Uh, Forgive us for thinking that we are something that we're not. And God, show us who you are amidst all of the turmoil because we know, God, that the need will not change on November 3rd, God. We know that that our mission is only beginning today. So God, may we be the church that's known for the way that we love. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys.
Thanks for watching this message from ACF Church. Uh, we hope it's encouraged you and challenged you to be more like Jesus and to walk with Him in a closer and more profound way. If you'd like to give to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so at the link on the screen or at acfak.org. We love you and we'll see you next week.